Jacks. Welcome to another episode of Lumber Chats inside NAU. We have a special episode for you today. We are celebrating all things Halloween. From the holiday's origins to spooky legends of Flagstaff and NAU. Keep listening to hear the stories. Halloween's origins date back to the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain. The Celts who lived 2,000 years ago, mostly in the area that is now Ireland, the United Kingdom, and Northern France, celebrated their new year on November 1st. This day marked the end of summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter, a time of year that was often associated with human death. Celts believe that on the night before the new year, the boundary between worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. On the night of October 31st, they celebrated Samhain, when it is believed that the ghost of the dead returned to earth. Here's a passage from the short story Knock by Frederick Brown, a 20th century American horror and science fiction author. There is a sweet little story that is only two sentences long. The last man on earth sat alone in a room. There was a knock on the door. This is my Halloween poem. Bat wings flutter across the moon remind little vampires to come home soon. The puppy in the basement. Mommy told me never to go to the basement, but I wanted to see what was making that noise. It kind of sounded like a puppy, and I wanted to see the puppy, so I opened the basement door and tipped down a bit. I didn't see a puppy, and then Mommy yanked me out of the basement and yelled at me. Mommy had never yelled at me before, and it made me sad, and I cried. Then Mommy told me to never go into the basement again, and she gave me a cookie. And that made me feel better. So I didn't ask her why the boy in the basement was making noises like a puppy, or why he had no hands or feet. Mystic Imagination Night by Patricia L. Sisko. On one mystic magic night, jack-o'-lanterns glowing bright, kids with bags of candy sweet, roam door to door and street to street, all dressed up for trick-or-treat. Wizards with wands, pirates with hooks, monsters and clowns with spooky looks, kings and queens with capes and crowns, a princess in her royal gown, witches with warts and fairies with wings, movie stars with sparkly rings, vampires with fangs that bite, ghosts that boo, all dressed in white. Imaginations taken flight on that one mystic magic night. Oh, the fun of Halloween, be young or old, 
or in between. There are a ton of legends and ghost stories about the happiest place on earth, like Walt Disney's Fire Station apartment on Main Street, and whether the bones on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride are real. As someone who grew up going to the parks, I have always found these stories super fun and interesting. I recently just came upon a new one. Disneyland has had many issues with people spreading their loved one's ashes around the park, one of the most popular locations being the Haunted Mansion ride. This is obviously very much against the park's rules and often results in the ride being shut down, evacuated, and your loved one's ashes being vacuumed right up. Because of this ongoing issue at that part, because of this ongoing issue that the park faces, the haunted mansion is rumored to be actually haunted. This particular story starts with cast members noticing on the security cameras that there were a group of people throwing clouds of dust out both sides of their doom buggy. Cast members immediately Cast members immediately shut down the ride, but they were not able to identify the family that was spreading the ashes. Later in the day, a cast member noticed that the flower beds by the exit had been pulled up and something was buried there. Buried in the dirt, the cast member found an urn with the plaque that read, Our Dearest Grandma Joyce. It was pretty clear that it was Grandma Joyce's family who had spread the ashes and abandoned her urn at the exit. The cast members decided to leave the urn in the security camera room for the time being. After a while, it is said that the cast members got bored, took the urn up to the catwalks above the graveyard scene, and set up a little memorial for Grandma Joyce, which is rumored to still be there today. So if you ever find yourself enjoying the Haunted Mansion right at Disneyland, be sure to say hi to dearest Grandma Joyce while you're there. What do lumberjacks think of Kathy? Sam Barrosen discusses the story of the Morton Hall ghost. There's no shortage of Flagstaff ghost stories. One of the most famous legends on campus is Kathy the ghost. The story has had many variations over time, this one being the most common. In 1953, a 19-year-old student named Kathy was stuck spending the holidays in her dorm when her parents couldn't afford to bring her home. This wasn't the only thing that upset Kathy during the winter break, however. It is said that her boyfriend, who she was expecting to propose, instead left her for another girl. Absolutely devastated, Kathy ended up taking her life. Even nearly 70 years later, residents still claim to have experiences in Morton Hall. People have claimed to hear footsteps in the hall and banging on the walls when no one is there. It is said that the walls will turn pink, her favorite color, and that you can sometimes smell roses, her favorite flower. People claim to see a mystery woman in a blue nightgown walking the hall some nights, and doors open and close on their own. What do lumberjacks think of Kathy? Sam Barrosen was an undergrad here in the 1950s when NAU was still known as Arizona State College. Throughout his 60-year involvement with the lumberjack community, he liked to keep the Morton Hall ghost tale alive. Here's his take on what happened. Dr. Lewis McDonald was here in 26 to debunk the myth of a girl committing suicide in Morton Hall. Have you heard this story? My daughter's going to be really disappointed. That's her well, favorite story. Yeah. Well, and then the Compton Mortuary. I went through all the records, and it never happened. But here's what did happen. 
I found out from by uh, a painter here by the name of Yave. He was a Hopi Navajo who was up in our paint department. And I got to talking to him. What happened was there was a story about this girl in the 50s that committed suicide. Well, this town was so small, everybody would have known it would have been in the records. I went to walk, I went to Dr. Louis McDonald, never happened. I went to Bellwood Agnes out. Here's what happened in those days. All we had to do was go to the paint department, which was in the old steam plant where it is now, behind where the old gym was. You could get any color paint you wanted, and you could paint your dorm room. Well, some girls got some reddish pink, and they painted it. In those days, we didn't size the walls. Today, so it wouldn't bleed through, you would size it, and so the next color. So in a lot of our dorm rooms, somebody would paint green, and then we would paint gray or white, and it would come through. Well, that's what happened in this room. Somebody painted it white, and then it bled through and became that pink, and that's how the story of the wall turning from white to pink came across. And so I've been on several TV programs in the Phoenix area. They come up, and I tell them, it's a great story. I love to keep it going, and I do, <laughs> but then I tell them the real story that how it came through. And it was a painter that unraveled, unlocked it for me, how that pink, how the white came from white to paint the wall, because we didn't size it in those days. And I told him, yeah, you know, my room, it had a darker color when I painted it white. It came out like a light green, and I painted it Navajo white, you know, or something like that. So, uh, but I still tell the story. alleged girl committing suicide. Thanks for listening to another episode of Lumber Chats inside NAU. Until next time, Jax, here's tonight's of tricks and treats. <laughs>